What's up, folks? It's your host, Matthew Anderson, back with a new episode of Matt Sport House. NFL for Agency has been kind of crazy this year. It's really going to be the center part of this episode because there's a lot going on. Just hang in there with me. You'll probably hear something about your favorite team or your favorite player. Hopefully an explanation right here or some sort of why they did what they did. Starting off, Odell Beckham Jr. has been traded to the Cleveland Browns, the, the Giants, from the New York Giants. The Giants will receive the Browns' first-round pick in the draft and also one of the Browns' third-round picks in the draft. Giants fans are not happy with Dave Gettleman, the Giants general manager. They feel like he don't really know what he's doing and that it cost them the face of their franchise. Some people think the face of the franchise is the Odell Beckham, you know, the curly-haired, blonde, mohawk. Yeah, that's what most people think. But you have to speak to the, about, to the other side, too. Some think it's Saquon Barkley because he's the future. Had a really good rookie campaign, a running back. Like, could carry the team. And also, some believe that it was Eli Manning because he won championships before. Uh, it's going to be very difficult for the Giants to get used to Noel Beckham Jr. on the outside, most notably because now teams will load up the box to stop Saquon, and they're going to have to come up with an answer for that. But that's the offense coordinator job. Interesting little fact about Cleveland Browns, about the Cleveland Browns, is that the Cleveland Browns wide receivers coach was Odell Beckham's wide receiver coach at LSU. So he knew, he knew Odell Beckham when Odell Beckham was just a high school kid trying to get a scholarship. Probably recruited him. Now, he'll be coaching them in the NFL, so I'm sure if, in case Odell ever needs to be humbled, he'll be there to do that. Also, one of Odell's best friends, Jarvis Landry, plays in Cleveland, too, as a wide receiver, so it'd be like a family reunion for those three, because Jarvis Landry also played under that wide receivers coach at LSU at the same time. Wow. Okay, moving on. The New York Jets have made tremendous progress in NFL for agency. Uh, this is a really exciting day to be, well, exciting week to be a New York Jet Probably the most exciting as it's been since they had LaDainia Tomlinson and Mark Sanchez when they went to the AFC Championship game back in, I think that was 2011 or 2012. Uh, one of their pickups in free agency has been Le'Veon Bell, who signed a four-year, $52 million contract. Le'Veon Bell came from the Pittsburgh Steelers. He set out last season because he didn't feel like he was – he didn't want to play last season under that contract, another franchise tag. But that franchise tag is a whole another discussion. I'll go into it another day. Another pickup that the New York Jets – decided to get was C.J. Mosley. Uh, C.J. Mosley is a linebacker. He played at the University of Alabama. Then he was drafted by the Baltimore Ravens. He's been a really good leader of that defense. He was a, obviously a, he was a linebacker. I don't know if I said that or not. He was a linebacker there, centerpiece of the defense. They wanted him back, but they didn't have the amount of money that he was asking for. So he decided to take his talents on the road and got picked up by the New York Jets. So he'll be playing in the Big Apple. Lastly, they picked up a slot receiver. I think it's very underrated, Jameson Crowder. He's a really good slot coming out of the Washington Redskins. Speaking of the Washington Redskins, former New York Giant Landon Collins, who is a safety, is heading to Washington for the contract of six years, $84 million. Uh, Landon Collins is an in-the-box safety. He's not really a guy that sits back and uh, tries to get interceptions. He's more so a guy that likes to come up and stop the running backs and get a tackle for loss or even a tackle around the line of scrimmage. He's much more like, um, how could you say? He's probably more so like a Sean Taylor. Uh, Sean Taylor liked the, the deep ball, too. That's a bad comparison. Just know he likes to make the tackle. You expect to see him making tackles on running backs. This is really beneficial because in his division, you deal with a lot of running backs like Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley. Well, not a lot, but you deal with those two, and you need a really good safety to be able to get them stopped, to stop them before they really get going. So it'll be very beneficial for the Redskins to have uh, Landon Collins in the lead that defense. One of the things that I've noticed about the Washington Redskins, they love Alabama players. As a matter of fact, they have picked, according to Peter Haley from NBC Sports, 
Washington has taken two Alabama players in each of the last two drafts, including both of their first-round picks. So they must love Nick Saban, guys. But he must, they must love how, he, they, how Nick Saban coaches them up. They get them in the draft. It's like a pipeline. Going to the Baltimore Ravens, they picked up Earl Thomas, who's another safety, another elite safety in the uh, league. Earl Thomas, his contract is for four years, $55 million, and he will replace Eric Weddle. One thing I've noticed about the Baltimore Ravens, they have really good safeties in their past. They've had Ed Reed, who's a Hall of Famer, Eric Weddle, who is a pro bowler, and now they got Earl Thomas. So they really love having a uh, guy back there that really knows what he's doing and is uh, one of the elite of the NFL as far as safeties go. Earl Thomas wanted big money as he was leaving the Seahawks, and he, I think he just really wanted Seattle unless they were going to redo his contract, and they weren't really up for that. And last season, after he got hurt, he flicked them off to let you know where him and the Seahawks were as far as camaraderie. So he was ready for him to get out of there. Also, Baltimore let go of Terrell Suggs after 16 years. I really thought that he was going to retire a Raven, but I guess that just wasn't part of the plan. He was now going to the Arizona Cardinals, which is it's interesting because he played a college football in Arizona, Arizona State, the Sun Devils. And so he's heading back there, I would assume, to finish his career because I don't really know him more years. After 16 years in the league playing linebacker, which is what Terrell Suggs play, it's, it's usually about that's usually about all your body can take. Sometimes it's not even mental. It's just like physical. Like That's a lot of punishment. Football is a gladiator type of sport. Also, the Philadelphia Eagles. Deshaun Goat, what is it? Fly Eagles Fly. That's the expression. Uh, anyway. Sean Jackson, who was drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles, ended up going on a couple different teams. He is now heading back. Deshaun Jackson is a great player. He's a smaller wide receiver, but extremely fast, really good receiver, tracking the ball in the air, uh, running the deep routes. Teams love him for that. He's, it's really nice because you don't even have to throw the ball to Deshaun Jackson for him to be a problem because teams have to respect him, his speed. He's a really great route runner. They have to put the safety over the top, which actually helps other players on the team, such as Zach Hurts, who's a tight end. The, now the safety's back. The tight end has more room to work with. You have Alshon Jeffrey on the opposite side, who's a University of South Carolina graduate. He's a, uh, he's a receiver on the opposite side. He now gets freed up from his double team, so he can be more productive. Um, a couple interesting facts about Sean Jackson. He's 18. He averaged 18 yards per catch in 27. And every year in, in, in the NFL, besides the year 2017, which was his first year in Tampa Bay, um, I'm going to tell you this, and also, he's a really good, really, really, really good route runner, so I can't emphasize that enough. That's really big for NFL receivers, and so a lot of times, guys are very fast, kind of struggle with route running, so it's nice to see that he still has that uh, that in his, one can say, in his toolkit. Uh, teams in this division are not looking forward to seeing Deshaun Jackson. I know I would not be if I was a opposing defensive coordinator. And also a fun fact, nobody has caught more 60, nor more passes of 60 yards plus than Deshaun Jackson. So, it'll be great to see. He's actually, Sean Jackson was actually one of my favorite college football players of all time. He played at the University of Cal, Berkeley. It was great. I think it was on the cover of NCAA Football 09, if you want a visual. Okay, moving on to Kansas City, who I thought should have made it, won the Super Bowl, but that's for another day. Uh, they just signed the Honey Badger, also known as uh, Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew. Uh, his contract is for three years, $42 million. He will definitely help the defense. He tweeted in, Jan- in January he loved the money, but he really wanted the ring. And Kansas City is definitely a team that's in competition to go to the Super Bowl, if not win it. So that was a great place for him to go. Antonio Brown is heading to Oakland. Now, that that I did not see coming. Um, John Gruden, I know John Gruden always talked about Antonio Brown work ethic. I didn't know he was going to pick him up, but... That's what happens in the league. Kind of forces Antonio Brown forces his way out of Pittsburgh, and he came up successful. 
And I don't know if y'all, you guys know this, but the Oakland Raiders, which is the team that he'll be going to, is planning on moving to Las Vegas, Nevada next year. So it'll be a, it's great for them to have a great talent out there to attract, obviously, people to come out and watch the game. The Raiders have also picked up left tackle Trent Brown, to, and they, got, they gave him a massive contract. They picked up uh, LaMarcus Joyner as a safety. I, I remember LaMarcus Joyner as the guy from Florida State, really fast safety. And the corner, but in the NFL, he can do it all. He plays corner safety, whatever you need him to do, even nickel. They also signed wide receiver Tyrell Williams from the Los Angeles Chargers. I still want to say San Diego, but it's the Los Angeles Chargers. Los Angeles has two teams, fun fact. Uh, they have the Rams and the Chargers. Also, okay, now these Oakland Raiders, they have three first round picks, the third pick in the draft, the 24th, and the 27th. And then they have the third, and then they have the third pick in the second round. So they have a lot of picks in, I would say, in the top. What is that? In the top 40, top 40 picks. They have a lot of them in the draft, so they can really do some damage in this year coming up if they draft the right players. Mike Mayock is their general manager. I don't, if you didn't know, if you don't know him, he's the guy that used to help do a lot of the on on air stuff with the what is that? The NFL Combine. Also, the Ravens. Taking it back to the Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens have signed Mark Ingram, the former Heisman Trophy winner, Alabama. He played with the Saints for a little while with. Alvin Kamara, but now the Ravens have him. It'll be nice for him. He's been in the league a little while to help out Lamar Jackson, who will just be in his second year next next year. Um, but whenever the what is that? So whenever the Saints dropped Mark Ingram, they picked up Latavius Murray. Latavius Murray's a big guy. Uh, most running backs are like five five ten, maybe six feet. He's about 5'10 and below. He's six foot three, 230 pounds. He really could be a tight end. I don't know exactly how he looks, but definitely from the number 6'3, 230 pounds, he could be a tight end. But he plays running back. He'll be a really great addition for the Saints. 6'3, uh, like I said, 6'3, 230 pounds. 26 touchdowns, in the, 26 touchdowns in the past three years. He's a really good red zone back. And so I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to see how he, him, and Alvin Kamara kind of play off for each other, uh, who is the current starting running back for the Saints. Because Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara were a great one-two punch, but all running backs don't budge like, I'm not burged. A lot of them don't really merge really well. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out. And switching gears to the NBA, West, in case you didn't know, Russell Westbrook got into it with a fan in Utah. He told the fan, I'll F you up and your wife will. Child, he that was a lie. I when I first saw it, I was like, Man, Russell, you got to calm down. But then I started to think about it. How what the fans tell if you want to know what the fan told him originally, look it up. It's on YouTube and Twitter. The fans become that these guys kind of heavy, and it's kind of crazy because it's like y'all don't really know the fans don't really know these guys. Like you see them now, but you don't know where they come from. Different, and I'm not condoning what he said, but it's like y'all might not want to talk to these guys crazy because they just might not be that candy pit, like they might not be that nice guy that you see doing the commercial the NBA cares like they have that but at the same time you threaten him or his family a lot of times you get somebody you didn't even know that was there also this is not uncommon for the Utah Jazz it was out in Salt Lake Salt Lake City Utah apparently it's been known to be one of the worst as one of the worst arenas as far as fans and their racist sayings Michael Jordan talked about it Matt Barnes talked about it J.R. Smith who are all NBA obviously NBA players or former players and J.R. Smith even had an interesting story where they were like, um, is it hard to shoot a free throw? He even said this a couple years back. Is it hard? They asked him, is it hard to shoot free throws whenever the crowd is yelling? He was like, no, but it's really hard whenever they call you the N-word. So take that what it's worth. So a lot of, a lot of times we're quick to judge Russell Westbrook for what he said. 
But if he's been dealing with that for years, when he goes to a certain place, at some point, everybody, they kind of lose their edge right there, lose their cool. But they end, they're being, the NBA did a really good job of getting that corrected. That fan that, that said Russell Westbrook, they actually told him, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I wasn't planning on saying it, but they told him that he should get on his knees like he's used to. So uh, you can kind of understand why uh, he would kind of get at, the, at that fan. But it wasn't right for him to do it. It wasn't right for the fan to do it. But the fan's been banned. And, any, and NBA fans out there, if you're listening, please make sure that you don't talk to these players crazy because you don't know what you're going to get back. And at some point, somebody's going to tick. It's going to explode. And it's going to be another mouse out the, what do they call it, the mouse at the palace. Could be another one, another one of those incidents. Also, Kyrie Irving one of the all-time greats ball handlers point guards if you want to call them uh him and kd have been discussing that it hasn't come out publicly but a lot of reports say that they've been discussing heading to the new york knicks i'm gonna go ahead and say that's probably not the best idea just being that Kyrie and kd don't have tough skin New York, the need in New York media is something serious. A lot of great journalists out there, and but they're very nitpicky just because, I mean, it's only so many sports going on, and, like, the New York media is just everywhere. So if they don't like the criticism they've been receiving in Boston for Kyrie and KD and uh, Golden State, I wouldn't advise them to join joining up, although Kyrie is from the New Jersey, New York area, so it would make sense. But I wouldn't advise it for them to. I think they're better off in Los Angeles, wherever places where the media is tough, but not as much necessarily as they would be in New York. Because in New York, for somebody like Stephen A. Smith to say the New York media market is crazy, then not not even the market, but the New York media is just kind of overwhelming. You know it really is. Also, I thought I thought saw, saw something with the uh, Lakers that kind of it just kind of explains the Lakers season in totality. Okay. So Saturday night, the Lakers were playing the Celtics. You know, the ESPN had the commercial drop. It's coming up on that night on ABC, ESPN, ABC, that is. And so it's like, oh, man, this is a great game. Lakers, Celtics, LeBron versus the, LeBron versus Kyrie, his former teammate. Then I started to think about it. And I saw the tweet notification came up and it said, the Twitter notification come up and it said, Lonzo is, it was out. They notified us Lonzo's still out and might be out for the rest of the year. Brandon Ingram is out for the year, something with a blood clot. Kuzma was out for their game and LeBron was on a time restriction. So after all of that, it's like, why would I even watch the game? It, it just kind of shows you how the Lakers season goes. It's like, okay, so the commercial, oh, man, everybody get excited, get your popcorn ready. Now that you see all them injuries, it's like, you know what, bro, I'm, I'm probably not even going to watch the game. Just what, what, what year the Lakers has been like for this year. Whew, so that was a mouthful. It took a lot of recording to get that right because there was a lot going on there. But that's it for this episode of Matt's Sport House. Uh, we could call it NFL Trade uh, Edition. Any questions, comments, or any questions, comments, or concerns on the podcast, hit me up on Instagram or Twitter at Matt the Chosen One. Looking forward to the next podcast episode. All right, thank you. Catch up with you next time.